This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. You know, thinking about it and thinking about the beginning of the Christmas season and, you know, that idea of the Christmas heart. Like, what is the Christmas heart and what's the very heart of all this? And, and I think it's interesting to me, right, that every year we want to come back to it. Every year somehow we want to come back and, and retouch this time again. This time with each other, this time with God, this, this time that we connect to the better angels of our nature. And, and I think one of the biggest challenges, if you look at this next slide, is that it's, it's hard to imagine, not that one. Keep going, brother. Though that's a good slide to know. I just, I just wanna, I just wanna say, it'll, it'll come up here in a second. You guys can just holler, say, Chuck, it's up there when it gets, all right, that's the vulnerable love. We got a couple more to go. All right, that's the heart. Next one. There we go. Folks, by the way, Ben Keyes is up in the booth today. Usually we have three people. Today he is doing it all by himself. So he is like octopus man. So let's give him a round of applause right there. So yes, so you are forgiven, Ben. It's all good. That idea, folks, that it is hard to imagine this. It's hard, so hard for us to imagine the world other than the way it appears in front of us. So hard to imagine that. And yet, you know, this, uh, this idea, this word, imagine, I mean, it's such a time of life where we get to reimagine again and again. And I think that's why we come back to it. Right? Like, like life just feels like you can just get so crazy. And then there's just these reminders at Christmas, like reimagine. You know, my life last week, it was, it was just, it was beautiful and crazy. Uh, many people believe pastors have perfect families. Let me disavow you of that. It's just not true. And, and how many, please, do some of us have crazy families too? Like, please say yes, you know, like, yeah, of course, of course we do, right? Of course we do. <laughs> there were more hands than I thought right there. You know, and of course we do. And, and yet we want to come back and reimagine. And then we get these little touchstone moments. This, this moment where this woman gives me a hug out of the blue. And that's that constant call to like, like imagine something a little different than all your worries and concerns and this and that and the other thing. And I think that's why we come back to it. And the call is to this. Please listen carefully. Let's actually all take a big breath so we all hear this. Can we welcome a vulnerable love Alive and at work in our lives. Can we welcome a vulnerable love? Alive and at work in our lives. Now I I think if you allow yourself to just settle for a minute. You can feel that place where that vulnerable love lives. And lives very deeply. And it's interesting with Christmas. Like there's no accident. So so the Lord came into the world as an infant, and I feel like a lot of that is to recapture that idea of that vulnerable love, to remind us that that is both how he comes to us and how we come to our best selves, as we come to who we were created to be. New Church Perspective said that, you know, the Lord came to earth for two reasons, to, to reharmonize, number one, and to restore us to a div- what the divine design was, and that 
that reharmonizing is is so beautiful. And we all know that. Um, you know, I was thinking about doing it today. I've done it before, so I don't want to repeat it, but but a, but a great little exercise, if you're ever talking to a bunch of people, literally in a group, you can go, all right, I'm going to ask you all to sing a note. And just zip your lips and just say go. And people will all come to the same note within about five seconds. Try it sometime. Don't do it at the dinner table. Just try it sometime with a group of folks. It really works. It's, it's pretty amazing to, pretty amazing to watch. And, and that idea of like this vulnerable love and, and, and this message that is, that is timeless and keeps coming back to it. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like you can look at a news story that was from last week and it's out of date. You can look at this story, which is thousands of years old, and it feels incredibly relevant. Think about that. Like, that's a miracle to me. The deep relevance of this, of this Christmas story that we welcome to our lives again and again and again. Actually, let's try singing that note. You guys game for that? I'm backtracking. All right. So I'm going to count to three. And then I want you just to all pitch a note and just watch what happens. Let's take you about five seconds to all find the same note. Ready? One, two, three. There you go. You see how quickly that was? You guys are no good. But, you know, like, <laughs> did you see? You see it? It really, and I've, I've done it in audiences of like 500 people. And they, they do it. They figure it out. It's truly beautiful, truly remarkable. I shouldn't have said you're no good. You folks are wonderful. So, so reading about this and reading about how it starts, you know, it, what's fascinating to me, folks, the Bible, the story, Jesus' birth is told four different ways in four different documents. Those are called the four gospels. And, and that's such a beautiful, just a little aside, it's such a beautiful sort of, um, vaccination against fundamentalism. People who believe there's one reading of the Bible, you can, you can tell them very nicely, but that's not true. You know, it's interesting. There are four accounts of Jesus's life and, and that's on purpose. That's not an accident because they're saying, look, there's all these different ways to view this and view this life and to view God. And, and Gospel of John, which happens to be my favorite, offers one view, which, which is just beautiful, beautiful way of capturing it. And here it is, and it's, it's from John 1, if you're following along at home with your own Bible. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word there is logos, or, or sort of the, the first point of creation. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. This is so good. In him was life. In him was life. And that life was the light of all humanity. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and through the world was made through him. The world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not necessarily receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Just beautiful lines there, incredibly powerful lines about how all this works. And, and I want to sort of pull it apart just a little bit. And, and it's, it's, it's important to see it, folks, as a, 
as a light, but, but with, a, with an interesting twist. So take a look at this next slide here about this light. We imagine it, and then when we're asked to imagine, it keeps on moving forward. In him was life, and the light, and the life was the light. I'm going to have you say the A word there. And the life was the light of all humanity. Now the next slide. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Folks, when you look at that line, like it was the light of all humanity. And, and it's not sort of like, here's God, here's humanity, and here's God, just God's the light. And, and, and it's, it's, it's over here is humanity, and we're not connected to this light. You're totally connected to the light. Do you get that? You are totally connected to that light. You may not know it yet, but I'm here to tell you, you know, you see it. How many of us saw that light in someone this Thanksgiving? You better all raise your hands on this one. You know, you did, right? I, may have, I don't know whether it was a moment like I had with a hug or dancing the Macarena. Maybe that's what you do every Thanksgiving with your kids. I don't know. You know, like whatever it was, you saw that light. And that light is the light in all humanity. That's, that's beautiful stuff. And yet we, we forget, so we need to keep on circling back to it again and again and again. That gets us back to this part as well. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The idea Emmanuel, Emmanuel, which you'll hear about in the Bible. The Bible refer to God as Emmanuel. And it's, it's God with us. Not God against us, not God judging us, not God angry at us, not God turning his back on us, but please say the W word when I cue you here, but God with, with us. New church, that idea is so critical, we think, to Christianity, that idea of God with us. Now, now, does that make us God? No, <laughs> not at all, not at all. When, when a, you know, you look at a, we're every bit as much part of God as a, as a beautiful tree is, or nature is. But it's, it's, it's a place, folks, that we can hold with, with a great deal of tenderness. I, I, was, I was at a wedding last night, and the pastor had a great line that he used as sort of the anchor for the wedding at my niece's wedding. He said, you are precious, and you are not in control. That's a good line. You are precious, and not in control. Could we get a little amen on that one? Amen. Just, just for a second, if you're here by yourself, just conjure up somebody in your, in your mind who you love. If you're here with a partner or somebody you love, just, just, and you can pretend you're doing it real fast, like one of those waves you do, and then you pretend it was just one of these. So, you know, just like, just like take a quick glance, real quick glance at somebody you love right now. Ready? One, two, three, quick glance. There we go. All right? Quick, quick, quick glance. Now, I want you to notice, you love that person, right? Do you control that person, yes or no? <laughs> no, right? No, you may wish you controlled that person, but you don't. Ready for this? That's what makes love possible. That's why you're able to love them. Because you don't control them. 
That's where surrender comes. That's where, that's where the idea that you are precious and you're not in control. Now, as the band comes out, as the band comes out for the middle song here, I want to look at that idea again and again of, of what does it mean, truly mean, to understand that you are precious and not in control. We come to truly understand, you know, as this next song says, what child is this? You know, the beauty of, of as, we, as we pull God into our lives and, and try to understand, like, yeah, what child is this? And, and understand, folks, it's like this story is not an accident. This story is very deliberately put together because there's a beautiful, wonderful, amazing lesson with us. So we're going to have this middle song, and then after that, we're going to invite a family up to stage and hear part of their beautiful story. So that beautiful idea, what child is this, and how do we, how do we allow that song like to come into our heart? That I love that idea of the universe. You know, I say it all the time, but it's such a good little sermon. Una, one verse song. Like, like, how do we continue to come back again to this one song? And in the process, welcome this vulnerable love alive and at work in our lives. People I worry about are people who, who, um, who struggle with finding that, as, as I do sometimes, too. It's when I worry about myself, when I worry about other people. The answer seems to always be, how do we keep on re-remembering back to this time when we really understood what vulnerable love was in our lives? And with that, I'd ask you to please warmly welcome our guests to the stage. This, I think, is the youngest person we've ever interviewed at New Church Live. You guys are going to make me cry. I haven't even started yet. So we're just going to talk again. I'll just let you guys introduce yourselves first, just, just like who are you so our audience knows. You just, just put it to your mouth. You'll be good. I'm Keith. And who are you? are the? Grandfather. Grandfather. And I'm Lynn, grandmother. And I'm Megan, uh, first-time mom of Austin. Of Austin. Yeah, Austin's not ready to talk quite yet. <laughs> so you just want to hold that for a sec. So, you know, this has been a family that's just very near and dear to my heart. I did Megan and Jason's wedding. He's, he's tied up with work, but I did their wedding a few years ago. And, you know, we have the mayor of Bernathan. We have the mayor of Philadelphia here. She was, she was uh, you know, something else to watch her do her work and just a beautiful family. And, and Austin got baptized a few weeks ago. He hasn't cried since. So it's like all good, all good, all good. And, and I'd ask you folks, like, to think. So we show some pictures up here. You know, you folks have been through a lot of change in your life. So we have an addition that's taken place. It's coming, just wait for it. We have addition that's taking place. That was him at his baptism. And he really is that happy most of the time. We've hung out a lot. He is, he is that happy. And then, <laughs> and then I think about the changes you folks have been through. Yeah, wow. That's something else, Keith. And, and then this beautiful moment at the baptism. And, and I, I want to start out with this question. Like, what's, what has most surprised you at this season of your of your life? What's most surprising? You can get to go first. 
I never expected uh, to be a grandparent and act the way I do, uh, <laughs> that it would affect me the way it does. Yeah. Well, let's take a little breath there. How do, you, how do you see that? Like, how do you act? How does it affect you the way it does? Well, um, I'm kind of known in the family to be kind of a little nutty. Um, people keep saying, when are you going to grow up? Well, <laughs> now I have an excuse. I don't have to worry about it because I can act like a complete idiot yeah. with my grandson. It's amazing, right? And the words that come out of your yeah. mouth that cannot be translated, right? That's, that's right. <laughs> that's good. William, what about you? Well, I always wanted to be a grandmother, and I, I knew I would love him, but the depth yeah. of, of the love is, is the surprising part. Let's take a little breath there, too. Mm-hmm. Just speak to, like, a little bit of that depth at your, at your heart. Well, to see your child have a child is truly miraculous. Yeah. And that's, that's the part that was I, I didn't expect, Yeah, just to feel that so deeply. Um, and what was, what was your thought when you first saw him? Well, I, I was... It's okay. I, I mean, I was very blessed. Uh, Megan and Jason allowed me to be in. I was literally in the delivery room, so I, I saw him come into this world, um, and it was amazing. Yeah. I mean, just just amazing. That's beautiful. Yeah, Megan, what surprised you? Uh, for me, I wasn't a hundred percent sure motherhood was in my future, um, and I know, like as a child, my parents always said, "I'll love you unconditionally," and they always, ex- you know, told me that. But to now understand that and to understand, you know, like, I love him so much. <laughs> um, you know, it just, it, you understand now your, your parents and yeah. your childhood kind of comes into a different perspective. Because it's a totally different perspective, right? Full You're circle. much more forgiving of your parents, right? And all that stuff. And like, I, your husband, just what a special guy. And I know he's, yeah. he's watching online. And, yeah. and what have you seen as the changes in, in Jason? Uh my love for him has grown tremendously. Um, I've never saw my husband interact with a child through our relationship. You know, we've been together for 12 years and to see him as a father is just unbelievable. Just as much as my dad is a grandfather. (laughs) Um, he's, he's a phenomenal father. Yeah. Yeah. And back, back to you, Keith. And, you know, looking at this, what, what are you proudest of, most moved by? And by the way, you have another edition on the way with another grandchild on the way. And, and when you look at your girls, like what are, what are you most sort of moved by, proud of with, with watching how your girls have moved forward? Well, both of my girls, Megan especially, um, I'm, I couldn't be more proud. Um, I think when, when we were raising them, you always kind of think about the future, what they may turn out to be like. I never would have imagined Megan to be as assertive and, um, and the independent person that she is. And when I see the bond between her and Austin. <laughs> Let's just take a breath there. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. You said you were going to have tissues up here. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Lynn and you. Um. I mean, I, I'm proud that she, I mean, I mean, she was quite honest. She wasn't sure motherhood was in her, in her future. And, uh, and when they made that decision, and then to see both of them, Megan and Jason, such patience yeah. between them, each other 
and and with their child is it's just a beautiful thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, he he's totally reliant on them, and they the, the amount of love that that is you know on him is that's just, the beautiful part. That's, that's the beautiful part. Yeah. yeah. So, Meg, in like 20 years, you're going to bust out this video, and you'll be like, son, i got to show you your first stage appearance ever. And, and Meg, what do you want him to hear like 20 years down the road when he looks back at this, this tape of today? What do you want him to know about you, as a, you and Jason as parents and mom and dad and all that, grandparents? Um, probably just to know how much he was loved even before he was in the picture. Yeah. I mean, we really thought about it and prayed upon it. And, you know, he was loved from the second he came into this world. And um, it's just such a blessing. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Do you have anything to add, Austin, for us? Can you say anything? No, he's not. <laughs> it's like, I'm good. I'm good. So before you folks leave, I just want you to stay here for a minute. So... Folks, we talk about this. I'm going to lay a little candle here. And, and we talk about, like, you know, the idea of a vulnerable love. And I think of the vulnerable love like it sits right here, right? And it's a vulnerable love alive and at work in our lives. I think we can all see how a vulnerable love can be alive and at work in our lives. And it's interesting, like, even looking at the idea of light. You know, a, a candle. Is a candle a vulnerable thing? Yeah. But is it powerful? Yes. Can it speak to all humanity? Did you feel your heart stir when they were talking? Could you feel that connectedness? That's what this is talking about. That's why we're asked to welcome it back into our lives Every year, can we welcome it back? Can we welcome it back? Can we re-remember again and again what this all means? And with that, he's saying, this is enough fame for me. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Folks, please give the family a warm round of applause and thank you for coming up on stage. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, very much. That was incredibly powerful folks and and you know like we have to see this christmas story not as an accident like this year can we can we not just hear the story but listen carefully to what i'm about to say can we inhabit the story can we understand that really this is part of our story too that's that's why there's such a connection and vulnerable love, like, it's, it's fascinating to me. Like, vulnerable love is, is incredibly powerful. And Austin hasn't even said a word yet. Yet the power of that's incredible. It's, it's palpable. That's what we're invited back into again and again and again. Our world needs it. That's why Christmas isn't just about gifts. It's about, about something far deeper. If I was to summarize it in a sense, maybe something like this. Hard for us to imagine the world other than a way it appears right in front of us. So keep on going there, bud. Next slide. So life gets interrupted. And God gently asks, and I like that word gently, just the way a baby does, gently asks again and again each Christmas. 
return. And imagine that he has promised and that he is birthing right in front of our eyes. You know, that idea that there is this world that, that is being birthed right in front of our eyes, and the, and the question becomes, you know, do we have the eyes to see it? Because I feel like we're always learning to be free. That idea of a love that is vulnerable and powerful, like I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to downplay that. Like just look at that candle for a second. Really understand that that, that is vulnerable. But man, is that powerful? If you're in a time where it's dark, if you're in a cave, if you're, if you're outside of the light, there's nothing more powerful than just that little candle. Just imagine what that can be. Imagine what it can be. And imagine the worlds it can give breath to. Your choice is to welcome that in. To harmonize with it. To allow it to land on your heart. To allow it, I dare say, to change your life. To change your life. That's not an easy journey, as any parent will tell you who just got woken up for the third night in a row for 2 a.m. for a feeding and a poop. Right? That's the way that goes. But man, would you ever not take that journey? Because it's so good. It's so rich. So the last line here, folks. Return and imagine the world that he has promised and that he is birthing right in front of our eyes. Amen. What we're going to do now, folks, is we're now going to start our celebration of Advent. What that means, and this is for those of you who are first-timers, it's brill- I think it's brilliant theology. You know, the ancient Christians were trying to figure out how do we tell people about Christianity. And they said there are four things. Hope, peace, joy, and love. Hope, peace, joy, and love. Let's say that together. Hope, peace, joy, and love. And Christmas is about welcoming those into the world. So we're going to light our first Advent candle. It's the candle of hope. And then as the band plays some soft music underneath, you're welcome to come forward and write down on a little prayer card, what's kind of your hope moving into this new year? What do you hope to be born in your heart? Or what came up for you today? And then what I do is I take these cards and I pray over them. This is one of our traditions here at New Church Live. We do these prayer cards for all four weeks, giving people a chance to really write down and really like speak it out there into the universe what their hopes are for the next Christmas season. And a few last words from some people online who sent us a beautiful text. Hope. Love wins moment by moment. Chosen over and over again. From down south. When I became a mother, I discovered the love of a parent is so absolute and was humbled to realize how much the Lord loves me was really powerful. So we wish you folks all the best. Again, feel free to join us over these next weeks as we continue on Advent. I love the idea that Advent is the same root as the word adventure. So you're welcome to join us on that adventure. And you're welcome to join us on this last song, Wish I May,
wish I might. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv. 